Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. We're going to talk about Game of Thrones. I know, that's wild. We're, We're going to talk about the stars of the Game stars, of Thrones. Yeah, we really have no information about Game of Thrones itself. And if you're looking for that, you've, you've stumbled the onto place. the wrong podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to get to that. Some light Halloween discussion. It's probably not where you think it's headed. <laughs> um, but first, we have to talk about the feud of the week. And that's the one between Cardi B and Nicki Minaj. And to do that, we have Micah Peters, the host of On Shuffle. What's, Hi, Micah. Hello. How, How are, are you? I am doing just great. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you for coming on Jam Session. This is your first Jam Session appearance, I think, This right? is my first Jam <laughs> Session. And, and you know what? I was talking to Mal the other day mm-hmm. when I was talking about writing about the Cardi B Nicki yeah. Minaj thing. And I was saying how much I felt like a gossip columnist because there was no rap involved. Yes. And she was just like, you're getting some Jam Session DNA into your <laughs> yeah, music podcast. here you are. Well, yeah. that's an interesting point. This is a feud that features two musicians, but has largely just not been played out in music, which you pointed out in your very good piece, which people can read on The Ringer. Mm -hmm. And we should also say you also talked a bit about the music side of this feud on your podcast, On Shuffle, which Mm -hmm. people should also listen to. But yeah, we're going to talk about celebrities. (laughs) So please channel your gossip columnist. Okay. I will do my best. Where would you like me to start? So should we do the broad strokes? Uh, Okay. So broad strokes... The most recent iteration of this was after Nicki Minaj had her Queen Radio, the 10th episode of her Queen Radio show on Beats One, and was talking about one, the quote unquote fight that her and Cardi B had at the Harper's Bazaar icon party right. during New York Fashion Week. Um, she was talking about deals with different brands that who was offered first and who turned down and then who was supposed to be on what industry remix. And I, w- I was sent that reference track first. Like, it's just very much like you are, you know, you're in my seat at the table right. kind of stuff. Which is kind of, that had been simmering for, what, six months, a year, basically since Cardi hit number one. They were whispers of it since Cardi hit number one with Bodak Yellow. And then it really picked up after they were both on motorsport because— right. You know, like there was all that drama that was going on with who laid what their verse and who changed what. and Right. And then it was obvious that Nikki was not on the video shoot at the same time. Yeah. As Cardi. So anyway, basically yeah. to fast forward, they have been at odds with each other just because there is this forced false narrative that there can only be one female rap star. And this is pretty familiar to... I guess anyone who has ever been the only person of their kind in any industry or field, whatever, this narrative always seems to... Tread lightly. Uh, yes. No, I know. <laughs> but it's certainly always a thing in any sort of feminist, you know, whatever. It's sure. that there can only be one woman and then there's... And women do start infighting with each other. Mm-hmm. And it does seem like they're both leaning into it a little bit and have been. Yeah, it's good for both of them. Yeah. I'm not talking about Nicki Minaj if it's not because of this fight. Right. Yeah, well, yeah. Also, like... She's had so much bad press for like the last like 18 months to two years, right? Like, right. nothing good. She could really use any sort of win. But she's not, do you consider, is this a win for her other no, than the fact I mean, that we're talking about her? I mean, I, I honestly can't call it a win. Even calling it a beef is a stretch. Like, it's <laughs> like, it's just like all this noise. It's just, it's just drama for drama's sake. Sure. And obviously Cardi B is better at that because she's from reality TV. Yeah. Yeah, so let's If a woman had beef with me, she gonna have beef with me forever. <laughs> yeah, so let's hit this week. Nikki goes on her radio show because... I, I mean, what is... Why did she do it this week? Because she had nothing else to say? No, uh, so last week, uh, 
Cardi B's sister, Hennessy Carolina, tweeted. Oh, right. She was just like, Nikki leaked all our phone numbers after um, after the, the Harper's Bazaar party, and we got all of these hateful text messages from the Barb's, which, I mean, you know, she would— in those 10 Instagram videos, which you should watch, I'm pretty sure they're still mm-hmm. up. She scrolls through the text messages and there's like scores, hundreds of them. Right. So after this, Nikki goes on Queen Radio mm-hmm. and just starts talking. She goes through basically every single complaint that she has against Cardi. All of them. All of them. And then Cardi takes to Instagram, which is just, that's kind of when you know you've lost is when Cardi takes to Instagram because the videos, I think they've been deleted, but we found them on YouTube and we'll, uh, we'll link to them, are transcendent. The No Limit record, which they presented to you first and you didn't like the record. You didn't believe in the record. Nobody actually believed in the record. Me and g every single time that it climbed up the charts, we was extremely excited and you barked at your management because they gave me the record and that's fucking fast. It's really remarkable. I mean, the thing is that you <laughs> immediately, this is a couple hours later, and you start seeing like the screenshot of like Cardi's grid pop up on Instagram, and it looks like that Andy Warhol, like <laughs> Marilyn yeah. Monroe, like it's true. She's tick. already yeah, been memed within hours. It's and then like you open all of them, and it's just hot fire for like <laughs> 10 minutes, <laughs> which makes sense, right? Because she is of Instagram. Mm-hmm. As you pointed out in your piece, it's how she was, it's how she became famous. And she's so good at it. Yeah. And it just doesn't even, I mean, I don't know what else Nikki can do but use the pulpit that she has. But when it's Queen Radio versus Cardi on Instagram, we know who's winning every time. I was wondering if her arm got tired. And I was thinking <laughs> if I were Cardi B, I would have invested in a selfie stick like a long time ago. <laughs> or like set up some kind of space in my home specifically for doing like my own like uh, Instagram interviews. Like, I actually don't know why she hasn't done that. Like, just make your home into a set. It's well, true. It's part of, but part of the appeal is yes. the fact that she's just, it felt like she was just sitting around in the living room just watching like TV with, with, like, with her girls or whatever and then, like, heard, who is this talking all this noise on the, on the you know what, let me just get on Instagram sure. real quick. And that's exactly what it was. I mean, Nikki's radio show is as all like it's it's the same like kind of entertainment value as Joe Bud's podcast. It's just like she's very good at being a rap radio host, like being a radio personality. Like the bombs, the music transitions, like the sound bites. It's all just like such good entertainment. But at the same time, if somebody can just come and wipe it all off the board with a couple of selfie videos, that's true. I have a technical question. Per your video setup. Sure. Because she's going from selfie video to then using the phone to show various screenshots, Mm -hmm. right? Like she's going up to be like, Nikki, I called you twice. Yeah. And then goes through the phone. Leaked the phone number. Yes. (laughs) To October 22nd. She's using, like she's pulling up the call log that she took a screenshot of, which is just, by the way, like the... Just the native understanding of the receipts and the totally. evidence and all mm-hmm. of this stuff is transcendent. Mm-hmm. But so is she? Is there a third person film? Is there a second person? There's got to be right. Yeah. Okay. Because it, it wasn't just a screen recording. Yeah. If it was, it would have looked different and been no sound. Right. So. That's true. Because yeah. you can see her flipping through it yeah. with yeah. the knuckle because the nail is so large, which is really impressive. But yeah. I did note that that I don't have that kind of skill. One thing with celebrities is 
The ones who are parents, like, there's just an assumption that there are nannies around that you don't get to see in the pictures. Mm-hmm. They're, like, always, like, just just out of frame. Yeah. With celebrities, I think that it's with Drake a lot. It's, like, how often are they by themselves, like, actually alone, which is, like, probably such a small amount of time I can't possibly comprehend <laughs> it. But I think there's just, like, always another person around, a handler or something, like, whatever it is. Because part of wanting to be famous is also, like, wanting that attention and, like, wanting, like, to have other presence in your life or whatever. It's very true. There's, like, part of, I think... To your point, like Cardi's done a really good job at scaling up while se- while seeming authentic and mm-hmm. like inaccessible. But there's just so many people in her life and the Instagram that she posted of the Diesel proposal for the, um, which is I guess a point of contention is like a, gr- a great testament to just sort of how like she's like the best purest Instagram star because she's turning like her persona into just like into dollars in a way that. Well, you just wouldn't assume because she seems so authentic. Yeah. Can we talk about the diesel yes, stuff for absolutely. a minute? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, in addition to it being a point of contention with Nikki, I believe it's that uh, Cardi says that a diesel deal that Nikki eventually accepted was offered to her first. Mm-hmm. But she shares the term sheet, yeah. which is fascinating. <laughs> and so you get to see, you know, and this happens all the time. This is how all social media endorsement works. And this is essentially just how all brand endorsement mm-hmm. works. But you can actually see the terms <laughs> of how these, how it's offered, what she has to do in order to get 750 k Though please note in the original email that they are lowballing her. They say that yeah. the price, they're willing to go up on the price, which is good because Juliet and I both think that uh, 750 k is too low for yeah. this. It's for... Yeah. The terms of it are such. We can... Yeah. This is fascinating celebrity dirt. <laughs> it is really good. All right. So the terms of it, thanks to Baller Alert for capturing this. I've been a Baller Alert fan for quite some time. The, Baller Alert and Shade Room are working overtime totally. this week. So um, it's an Instagram deal that is four to six social posts on the talent Instagram Four Instagram stories promoting the design journey, product reveal, which has a typo, and on-site appearance. And the idea is that she would be helping to design a capsule collection that's six to eight pieces of unisex clothing, hoodies, long sleeves, short sleeve tees, sweatshirts, sweatpants, and jackets. It's an athleisure situation. Sure. sure. And then it also included, like, one appearance, basically. So it's, like, a four days work, um, I believe, and that includes some appearances, giving her name to it, and the aforementioned social media posts. And for that, she was being offered $750,000. Yes. That seems extremely low. That's yeah. true. Though we should note, designing in this case, let's... Is mostly putting your name on the thing? It's saying yes or no, or I like that, mm-hmm. or maybe I don't like that. I actually wonder if you even get that much of a say. In, yeah. I think it depends on how famous you are and... Uh, how much leverage you have. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's it's not the hard work of actually conceptualizing and drawing and designing a um, a capsule collection. Yeah, I mean, she has to do very little work, but she, she they probably don't want her to do much work, to be honest. Right. They're just like, we're making this, let's put your name on it. But still, this is way too low. Mm-hmm. I think her Instagram following uh, is a little low. To be honest, it's thirty-five million, which is great, obviously, but I I think is like a little bit low. Um, Ariana Grande has like one hundred twenty-five yeah. million, mm-hmm. and it's lower than Nikki's, as yeah. mm-hmm. Micah pointed out in his piece. So I 
I suspect that Nikki definitely got more than 750k for this. And I suspect she will let us know that at some time in the future. Yeah. Show us the term sheet, yeah, girl. I, like, she probably won't because she's not savvy enough. But I do think at a moment when she needs some sort of press or some boost, she will reveal how much she was paid. Yeah, it's good that you bring up that point, though, that she's not, like, exactly savvy enough because it's, like we were saying before, I mean, this is just not her. This isn't it's her battlefield. Yeah, it's not yeah, her thing. and I guess no, would it be smart for Nikki to do that? Because at this point, she is, she's more famous. She does have a longer career, I think, in actual, like, money and record terms. Mm -hmm. She is still more successful. And she's guarding her throne, which is uh, never really the position you want to be in. You know, it's like once you've reached the top, then all there is to go is down, which Mm -hmm. is kind of where she is. But I don't know whether it's the right look for the established person to start revealing all of the numbers. Once you have to defend yourself that intensely, you've already lost. Yeah, I mean, like, it's uh, the the king who is actually the king doesn't have to say that they're the king. Yes. Yeah. And that's kind of been the problem with this whole thing is that she is already leaning too far into it. Speeding down, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Because she's got nothing else to do. It's just the, the fact that, like, her, she only shows vulnerability, like, in strategic ways and, like, her thing is about, you know, like, respect and being, like, you know, like, her album releases are supposed to be, like, coronations. And if, like, anybody comes along, it's just like, "Mm, yeah, we don't really care about this, like, and you take it personally. Yeah. I mean, then everybody looks bad on the defensive. It's very true. I I actually don't mind... I think being strategic about vulnerability is good. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, like, but it, the problem is that she hasn't been, she hasn't had anything to back it up for right. a very long time, and so now we're on Queen Radio just yelling about a fight at a fashion party. That the best part of this was, I don't know if you guys saw Naomi Campbell was on Watch What Happens Live and was asked about it, and the first thing she said was, "Well, there were no actual icons at that party, including me." <laughs> so I don't. Yeah, which I it's just like I can't. I like stop she's been about. in the she's been in the cut liking all of the Instagram posts, by the way. No, I know. But she was just kind of like it was not even the most important party of the night, and then they got into a fight. At that point, you're not really defending your throne anymore. You're kind of like clawing back for it, mm. which is, I guess, the real problem here. Yeah. Yeah. It does feel like it's just really emblematic of like schisms across entertainment of like of mm-hmm. old and new. Nikki will probably still, like, do well when she does put music out again and, like, she's, like, an important feature for Ariana Grande and all that. But, like, Cardi B is, like, the the online celebrity, basically. And it's just, like, it's so much, like, new and old. And it, it like, feels like a tidy emblem of so many sort of, like, conflicts within entertainment at the moment. Yeah, it's a good point. And you don't actually see them battling so aggressively yeah. that often. Normally, it's just kind of two separate tracks, right? Yeah. And you're kind of a person who... Likes whatever big pop star or likes the the established thing, which like no shots to established things. I enjoy many of them. We are all we all here enjoy both forms of entertainment, like big budget established mm-hmm. entertainment, and then you know people who are just throwing elbows on Instagram. But you rarely see them come together. You rarely see one cross over to the other, which I, I think both sides are maybe. I don't know. Cardi is maybe not having that much trouble crossing over into more mainstream success. Well, She's maybe one of the only people you can point to. 
I don't know. I, I don't, don't want to make like the large. Per, sure, yeah. Per, yeah, but I don't want to make large pronostications about like the music industry. But right. I mean, like, if authenticity gets commodified, then right. I mean, like, it's just you can survive in the mainstream because people want that from yeah. you. It's true. Yeah. Thanks so much for breaking this down with us, Micah. You are quite welcome. We're going to talk more about celebrity news, but first let's hear about what's going on at The Ringer this week. Hey guys, Liz Kelly here. The Big Picture with our editor-in-chief Sean Fennessy officially has its own feed and is expanding its coverage to give listeners everything from Oscar buzz to interviews with actors and directors like Jonah Hill and Ethan Hawke. You can get ready for awards season with expert Oscar analysis, box office results, and all things movies. Sean will sit down with Hollywood's biggest filmmakers, break down the latest industry trends, and review new films with other Ringer colleagues like Shea Serrano, Amanda Dobbins, and Bill Simmons. Make sure you listen and subscribe to The Big Picture on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. That was a really deep talk for us. Let's talk about some more trivial things like uh, what's up with the stars of Game of Thrones? And the reason we want to discuss it is because we're both watching Bodyguard, the British yeah. show that landed on Netflix. That's true. It's unusual for some Game of Thrones content on this uh, show. Even we do we, love it. Yeah, we enjoy it. It's yeah. just like there are many other places, including binge mode, where you can find all of that totally. uh, much more informed. Can but, I tell you a secret? Yeah. I was recently thinking about this because of Bodyguard. Yeah. I don't miss Game of Thrones. What? <laughs> I don't like I know that like that 12 hours of it is coming in 2019 yeah. and like I'll enjoy it, but I'm not like lusting for Game of Thrones. Like, I I kind of am like I'm now lusting for more Richard Madden. But okay. I, but I'm not really lusting for more Game of Thrones. Well, here's what I like about Game of Thrones. I was thinking about this this morning. Stuff happens on Game of Thrones. Yes. Game of Thrones has plot. And you know what else has plot? Bodyguard. Bodyguard. <laughs> so much plot. So I have only seen two episodes of this show. Here's, we should explain. Bodyguard is a British thriller. Terrorism thriller. Terrorism thriller, which sounds like a downer. Um, kind that of, is I have a take on that as well. extremely popular show in the UK. I, I think it's like the biggest hit since Downton Abbey. I think it's yes. the second most watched thing this year in the UK after the World Cup. To quote my friend Talia, who currently lives in the UK, she said people went nuts over the finale. Yeah. Not like what happened, just the fact that like it happened at all. <laughs> So it was good though. It is recently showed up on Netflix yes. for those of you who uh, live in the United States or elsewhere. And Julia watched all of it in a weekend. Yes, I did. And basically, like pretty much one day. It was like no a, shame. Night, a night. And I a did day. too. Yes. Thank yeah. you, Kaya. Yes. That's okay. Great. So everyone else here, I had to travel this weekend. So I have only seen the first two episodes. And the things that you want to happen on body, Bodyguard happen really yes. quickly it, within it moves a couple along. episodes. It moves along quite quickly. I think this is a spoiler for you. I don't think you'll mind, but okay. there's a there's just an incredibly gratuitous at, bare ass shot of Richard Madden. Great. That's just like I'm just like why is this in here? Like this wasn't necessary and then like he quickly changes, but it's just it's a lot of Richard Madden and I have missed Rob Stark. I always loved him. <laughs> and so I'm so glad he's back. And also it's just like his Scottish brogue is so strong. It's fantastic. It's really charming. He's very handsome. I have a really like maudlin comment, but yes. I feel it's essential to share it with you. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> so it's like a terrorism thriller. There's there's a, a bomb plot in episode one that then it continues throughout yes. the show. 
I found it to be like a weird relief to be thinking about terrorism. I was like, these are problems that I'm familiar with from like many years ago. Unlike the like current like Brexit problem that I think about all the time or like what's going to happen on November 6th. It was it's such like a straight down the middle thriller that even though it's about like a suicide bomber in episode one, I was like, well, this is great. Let's go. Yeah, I see what you're saying, which is that. It's so familiar. It's It's familiar. There are structures in place. Like, you know, the rest of the show becomes about the secretary of home defense. Is that what they call it? Yeah, the home secretary. Home secretary in the UK. And there are just procedures and things that happen. It's basically a procedural. Right. The politics on the show, not its best, not not the best part of it, even though they're like trying to interrogate the war in Afghanistan and kind of how people make the, these decisions. I, I wouldn't say that like a thoughtful critique of political systems no. is the show's number one priority. No, its number one priority is making its cast seem dope and it's successful at that. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a great look for Richard Madden. He has been rumored to, you know, they're always like, who's going to be the next James Bond? It's like literally the only thing that the British media writes about on a Monday because nothing happens over the weekend. And they're like, and we've got another James Bond candidate. I don't know if he'll be James Bond, but it is a testament to this performance that he's suddenly in the conversation because he would not have been uh, six months ago. I really hope he gets more work as a result of this. I think he will. He's great. I mean, he just has to as a result of the fact that it's really, really successful. Yeah, and he also... He straight up carries the show. Yes. Well, hold on. Respect to Keely Hawes. And Keely Hawes, the the, yeah. the wonderful Mrs. Durrell of of the Durrells and Corfu. Yes. And a, and the wife of a watch guest, Matthew McFadden. Yes. Quite a year for them on totally. television. They're really doing well, the two of them. <laughs> it is really impressive. Um, also, Amanda and I were excited because the paralyzed friend from Notting Hills on this show. Yes. Which I was thrilled about. Um, I don't know her name, but it doesn't really matter to me because <laughs> she's the paralyzed friend from Notting Hill. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's it's just like really like the type of show I needed. I, I The first episode I was like kind of into, I wasn't completely sold, mm-hmm. but then I soldiered on, pun intended. And uh, oh boy. Uh, uh, and then I loved it. And I was like, well, this is great. This is like, it's weird to say, but it was like fun. It kind of reminded me of like season one, season two of Homeland. And also Game of Thrones, because stuff happens. Yes, yeah, stuff happens. Just plot it happens. Keeps on moving. It's- Make things happen on your TV shows, and I will watch them. On that note, by the way, yeah. I, I started last night. I couldn't sleep, so I started watching the BBC adaptation of Lanchester. I mean, of uh, Capital by John Lanchester. Okay, also very good. I recommend that. That's time. A, Prime. an extreme Julia recommendation. <laughs> and it's just, I just really miss Rob Stark. I'm so happy he's back. Let's talk about. A recent celebrity sighting that you had? Yeah. Uh, on Friday, I was in Beverly Hills. Yeah. I was walking down the street going to Cologne Coffee on Little Santa Monica, and I walked past Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner. It was extremely exciting. It looked like they had just had a fight, mm-hmm. um, and that they were like, and he had like, he's like, oh, there's the restaurant. Like, he like pointed at it, mm-hmm. and I just assumed they'd had a hanger fight where they just were like getting lost. One was really hungry. It just seemed like a classic couple situation, which I found really endearing. And not just like that they actually hate being together except for when there are cameras around. Yeah. And so, no cam- okay. There were no cameras. That's good. There was no cameras at all. They um, were a big presence at the U.S. Open this year. Oh, yeah. At the, the tennis U.S. Open. Yes. I don't watch the other kind. And we're really into it and also uh, quite demonstrative physically. Yes. They're, they they seem quite into each other. Yeah. Also, over the weekend, they had quite a presence because he dressed as Sansa Stark for Halloween. That's pretty good. I liked it. That's cool. This is 
Should we do this really quickly? Sure. Let, why not? We are recording this on Halloween. Yeah. Uh, and we nixed our lovely producer Kaya's suggestions to do a Halloween segment because we are joy kills who don't like I Halloween. Hate Halloween. This is an anti-Halloween podcast. We I will not it. be talking about any celebrity Halloween costumes. Where do you stand on like a couple's Halloween concept? I've just never seen one that doesn't make me want to barf. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem performative. Sure. I, I This is... <laughs> I don't know. This is the really ugly side of me. And it just is. <laughs> Amanda, what's honest is not ugly. I just don't like costumes. I don't know. It's not how I move in the world. You know what it is. You know, I don't like super over-the-top performative sure. things in general. So yeah. I think that's part of it. I did once have to go to a... I feel like I've told this story yeah, before. Yeah, tell it. Right? I like. I, I feel like... It, People on Jam Session who listen to it have told this story before, but, like, one time my friend had started dating this chick, and, like, we didn't like her, but we still wanted to support him, so we went to her dumb Halloween party and felt like we had to try it a little bit. So my husband and I went as Ina and Jeffrey. Amazing. Which just meant that I wore a denim shirt, and he wore a, a button-down, <laughs> and I carried a wooden spoon. And when people, people were like— Did he carry a baguette? Because I feel like Jeffrey's always out getting bread no, and wine. No, he carried nothing. And then all <laughs> these lame-ass people at the party were like, what are you? And I was like, oh, I'm Ina Garten. And then I just like got blank stares. So— So you, you won. I, I, I don't know. I felt like a, I felt like I was— denying my own principles by even participating. Sure. And then I felt like it didn't work. I s- still felt judged by these people that I thought were lame and didn't want to spend time with. I've never been interested in wearing a costume, like literally like since I was seven years old. I can't remember a time that I was interested in that. Unless it's like dress up like a French person and wear stripes. Then I'm like, okay, I could do that. I will be honest, like a wedding dress is a costume and that was a nightmare for me yeah. that was I was so uncomfortable I totally I feel the same way I want the whole thing bridesmaids dresses don't get it at all I'm just trying to be myself isn't it a struggle enough to be yourself every damn <laughs> yes, day yes, just to share is. who you are feel comfortable <laughs> like that's I'm just trying to do that and I'm doing the best that I can and I don't know why I need to be somebody else especially if it involves like spandex or like makeup or whatever I completely feel the same way <laughs> okay. I'm not interested in wearing a costume it makes me uncomfortable and I just want no part of it I can't wait for it to be tomorrow to be November 1st when we're past this. Here's the thing, though. Here's what I want to say. If you take joy in Halloween and you dressed as something this weekend and you were proud of it or it brought you joy or you had a nice time, I support that for you. I don't need to hear about it or see a picture, yeah. but I'm really glad it happened for you. Seriously. No, that's great. Do your own thing. Be you. Just don't go trick-or-treating as an adult. Because this is the other thing. Kaya, our producer, was like, where do you stand on trick-or-treating for adults? And I was like, that's a common sense no, Kaya. That's not even a controversial position. Once you are an adult, you do not get to knock on other people's doors and ask for candy. I think that for both of us, all of our feelings are really exacerbated by the fact that L.A. goes so hard for like a week with Halloween. And I'm just like, all these adults who just go like so ham— it makes me want to barf. I mean, Instagram is like this, too. I've been seeing people's costumes for like two weeks now. It's really rough. Kyle Richards from The Real Housewives of Orange of Beverly Hills. Yeah. Her daughter's named Farah, and I guess her birthday was like, is today or something. Mm-hmm. So they had a bit, and she turned 30, so they had a really big Farah Halloween party on Saturday night at the Umansky Richards home, in, which is in Encino. Did you see any pictures of this? No, I didn't, okay, believe so, it or not. So Kyle has four daughters. It's Kyle, her four daughters, and, and Mauricio, that's their family. Kyle, who 
is an adult mom of four, like just an adult in the world, dressed as a Playboy bunny and her husband dressed as Hugh Hefner at a family party. And I I don't know if this is like beyond <laughs> judgmental, but I find this so appalling and objectionable. And it wasn't like a, like a, I'm going to wear a bunny ears and then like wear, like wear an adult outfit. Like she was wearing like a very racy Playboy bunny look, which is like I'm amazing if you feel so great about your body and like you're just feeling really confident. That's really cool. But I just think it is completely unacceptable for adults, parents to do that at a family party. I'm so sorry. But I, I, at me if I'm wrong, but I just think it's totally ridiculous. It's just, I don't ever want to see any parents or friends of parents of mine in that situation. And I would not be comfortable for them seeing me in that situation. Sharing is good to a point. That's too much sharing. You, you, I gotta, you. you gotta cruise through Kyle's Instagram after okay. this. It's all right. so, all of you listening, it's like honestly appalling. I can't believe that this is like adult behavior. It, I find it just like shocking and makes me want to like exit the universe. Can I segue to another form of Instagram behavior? Yes. Not Halloween related, but Game of Thrones related. Oh, great. Okay. So apparently Amelia Clark is dating someone new, Charlie McDowell. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Rooney Mara's ex. Yes. And previous um, big picture guest. Oh, right. (laughs) Anyway. Sound of of Malcolm, right? Yes. Yes. Cool. So the reason that we know that they're dating is because they both posted the same photograph to Instagram on her birthday. And it's like a picture of their shadows on the beach. And she is just talking about what a special birthday it was. And he is just like, happy birthday, E. Which, sure, that's nice. I I don't know. That just seems like weird Instagram behavior. You got to vary it up. Isn't that what what they teach you, Instagram 101? I completely agree. Get First of all, get like a different picture. And... I don't know. That's just, that's gauche to me. I don't, I don't care for it. It's not how I would do it. I think Amelia Clark seems supremely unique. In, I don't know what, I don't know what unique is supposed to mean in that context. <laughs> I was going to say weird. <laughs> it just seemed mean. I don't know. I, she's just been like famous for being hot for so long. That's true. And she's just like famous for like being naked on this one show. And I just feel like that must be like a weird way to be in the world. I think that's true. I thought she was the only good part of Solo, the Han Solo movie, which is never— You know, I didn't see it, Amanda. You know, not a reference I ever thought I would make on this podcast or really say out loud, but here we are. <laughs> She's a huge, massive disappointment in me before you, but okay. I'm not sure that's her fault. I just—I don't know. It's not how I imagine Lou Clark being. Yeah, I don't know. It After Mother of Dragons, I don't know what you do. That's definitely a you're a tough. mother of dragons for the rest of your life, which, frankly— I, you can describe me as the mother of dragons for the rest of my <laughs> life, and I am not even, like, a huge Game of Thrones fan. That's not bad as I, far as these things go. I think that the, one of the legacies of peak TV yeah. will be all of these, like, equivalent, like, one-hit wonders, like, one-role wonder. Like, mm-hmm. you kind of, like, can't escape it because it's such, like, a deep cultural reference. Yeah. I also get if you're her wanting to date, like, a show kid. Like, his parents are Malcolm McDowell and Mary Seenburgen. Yes. And so he's been in, like, this world for so long. I, I get for her why she would, like, want to date someone like that. It makes sense for me, too. I wish them well. Me, too. Seem like nice I people. I think I just want to adjust their Instagram strat. It's not even bad. It's not, like, dressing like a Playboy bunny in front of your kid's bad. Right. That's— It's not- just, like, let's 
let's take it up a level. Sure. Let's elevate. <laughs> yeah, let's elevate, okay. everyone. I have a one last segment. Please. Instagram related. It's a new segment called What's Up on David Geffen's Instagram. <laughs> That's just wonderful. What a because great way to, to end this podcast. As close listeners of Jam Session will know, basically David Geffen's Instagram is kind of where all celebrities come together. It was the— It's our Bible, is what yeah, you're saying. It's, it's, it documented yacht season for us. And now it is documenting the surprise wedding of Carly Kloss and— uh, Which Kushner? Josh. Carly Kloss and Josh Kushner. <laughs> I almost said Jared, but I didn't. Which they is were good. there, Ivanka and Jared yeah, and their kids. Well, they were we there. just we are gonna not discuss it. We'll leave right that. Now. Sure, we're gonna leave it. So apparently, Carly Kloss got married on a Thursday. She did upstate. Yes. it really just is a tremendous flex to get married in on the middle thir- of the week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's like clearly not to save money, which some do. No, no, this is just so that you can like get married in yeah. the middle of the woods and no one will bug you. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. And just do it on your own terms. It, to their credit, we didn't find out until she herself posted a picture from the wedding on Instagram. We've only seen one picture of her in her dress, the one she shared, right? Yes. Love it from as far as I can tell. Very beautiful. Yeah. Carly Kloss is a model, in case you hadn't heard. <laughs> Thanks to Kate Middleton for making uh, lace sleeves cool again. Yeah. They looked really nice they on her. They did look really nice. But anyway, among the attendees were David Geffen, who posted a selfie with Derek Blasberg, Scooter Braun, and Dasha Zukova, the model. So David Geffen is just where all the secret celebrity happenings are. He's the nexus of everything that we care about. He is also our best reporter (laughs) from the front lines. Like, the only way that we know any of this stuff is happening with true A-list celebrities is because David Geffen's putting it on Instagram, just taking selfies. What list do you put Scooter on? What I you mean like A list, B list, D list? Oh, brother! Because he's he, to your to your previous comment, he's really infiltrated the A list. But like, is he himself A list? I don't think so. Just because his fame and success is predicated on other people, mm-hmm. and I mean that's also true of David Geffen. Yeah. But we wouldn't call David Geffen an A-list celebrity. No. We would call him a A-list mogul or an A-list exec, you know. Yeah. Just an A-list rich guy. Sure. Just a true A-list rich guy. Yeah. And so I guess I would put Scooter in... David Geffen in training? Well, I put him in the, yeah, the rich guy list as sure. opposed to the celebrity list. And Josh then, Kushner also on that list. Yeah. And then... It's like A-list... Adjacent, Right. Basically. But then the interesting thing about that is, with the exception of David Geffen, who is kind of breaking all social norms here and just, like, posting a lot on Instagram about what he's doing, on the rich guy list, the higher up on the list you are, the less visible you are. Yes, absolutely. Right? Because then, like, privacy and secrecy becomes the real currency. Yeah. So the fact that we know a lot about Scooter means that he is— Well, I guess you're right. David Geffen in training. Yeah. I think he wants to be that, too. I'm so. sure. I don't think he's there yet. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. Th- I'm not checking his Instagram for news on supermodel uh, weddings. I follow or, him. Yeah, okay. <laughs> As off discussed yeah, on this he podcast. He doesn't yet have a uh, segment on Jam Session, but maybe one maybe day. Maybe one day. Yeah. Um, did we know before the wedding announcement that Carly Kloss had converted to Judaism? We did not know. Because she did in July. Yeah. Cru- crucial note. That we assumed because Ivanka did the same. Yeah. I just love when that happens. It's always noteworthy to me. <laughs> Laura Dern, Charlotte on Sex and the City. Yes. Ivanka and now Carly. Yeah. What a, what what a, a legacy. World. What a legacy indeed. Um, we'll be following this 
David Geffen's account very closely. Indefinitely. Indefinitely. I'm already like looking forward to yacht season, you know? It's like nine months away. The thing about yacht season is that it doesn't have to stay in the summer. It's true. So, Grand Cayman. Stay tuned. Seychelles, Maldives. We will be watching the yacht reports and we will let you know. (laughs) We are committed to year-round yacht watching. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. Have a happy Halloween if you care about that. And if not, see you in November. It's a great month. 